There we go. Oh, it was a Tucker Carlson clip. What is going on? Hmm. Ah. I'm not secretly a racist. I want to fuck the green M&M. What is going on? You Dude, have... he's... <laughs> you have no idea how badly I want to keep that in the show. Just a soundbite of Endo wanting to fuck the green M&M. Uh, listen, listen. She got a, a culture war general Endo. She's got a chocolate center, and I want to get to that chocolate, okay? Leave me alone. Welcome, everybody, to another edition <laughs> of the Toogie's Take podcast. We are back. It's us, the guys, the fellas, as a, another week of your favorite hockey broadcast kicks off here. I am alongside Mr. Endo Mills, who, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to question what you want to do in your personal life. You know, it's perfectly fine. You do you. I want to or fuck the green, green M&M, M&M, M&M if you get the opportunity. I want to. I want to. I want to get to that chocolate center. Okay. Look at the way she's looking at me. The Republicans have canceled the green M&M. <laughs> and M. We can't back. use any of this. <laughs> yes, we can, oh, we, and we, we will. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> and returning after, uh, due to no fault of his own, from missing uh, last Friday's show, Mister Sin. For the win, who, uh, yeah, again, it, it was me. I had to deal with weather. It's snowing again, by the way. Yeah. Another five to eight inches, I think it was. Hey. God, I hate it. I hate that's, it. That's, when... that's the magic zone. It is. It is. It's an, a- <laughs> it's an average amount of snow. Let's be honest. <laughs> you guys are terrible. I thought I was bad. <sighs> Fuck me, man. <laughs> might be one of our better openings to a it absolutely is let's fucking go we're on fire yeah, today we get to talk about uh the vancouver tire fire one more time although i got a feeling it's gonna keep going we get to talk about injuries in hockey because holy hell there have been a lot of them and we'll talk more about think, future right? san jose shark connor bedard <sighs> But before we get to that, as always, we want to mention that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped.com. And of course, the launch last week of their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit, which my lovely co-hosts have with them. Mine's delayed due to said weather that I mentioned. But for Mm -hmm. those of you on the video portion, you will get your lovely uh, display of these fine, fine products that you can get now at manscaped.com and of course as always you can use code to get it's t-o-u-g-i-e at checkout for 20 percent off your order and free shipping at manscaped.com it's time to tame your mane and no one no one likes a weird beard right sin no one no. likes a weird beard you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta have that on it. point yeah even when it's long you gotta make sure it's shaped and that's why this comb that comes with it's fucking perfect I've been fucking with it all day. It's like I shape it perfectly. Get the little triangle shape going on. It's a good form. Oh, good you're, shape. You're going for you're going for the no sleeves, like gnome sleeves beard kind of pointy thing you got there. I've been calling him gnome sleeves for the past year and he hasn't even noticed. <laughs> I was going to call it the flexo 
from Futurama. You, oh I don't yeah, know if that you guys was too. Futurama fans. Oh <laughs> my god, flex it's the evil version of Bender who instead of bending flexes things, and he just <laughs> has the little triangle beard to differentiate him from Bender. <laughs> so I'm evil, is what you're saying? All right, I'll take it. Oh god, keep God out of California. I heard that about 23 years ago on MTV. <laughs> what the hell? It was an old jackass sketch. Oh. God, it was Pontius as the devil just oh, walking yes, around in the speedo. Keep God out of California. <laughs> I remember that. That was great. Oh, man. Oh, God. So, again, Manscaped's brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It has that lovely, lovely comb, as, as Sid mentioned. Also a comes with too. a phenomenal yeah. brush there. Uh, new beard shampoo and conditioner. Their new beard oil. Their beard box pair of scissors as well literally everything you need oh, shit. to oh, get yeah, that scissors. finely crafted yeah. beard led by their uh their beard hedger of course which includes a rotary wheel adjuster to get 20 different hair cutting lengths no more guards no more swapping out the add-ons it's one tool for the job the best tool for the job from wow. our friends at manscaped that's yeah, absolutely See, excellent this- Freaking this packed. is awesome. Yeah, of course, uh, only one person on this podcast can properly grow a half decent beard, but at the very least, he approves. Oh, it's sick, man! Like, this is incredible. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to use this brush on my bare skin. Oh, fuck yeah, you said about brushing this for my hair, it was awesome. Well, now you can use that on your hair. Yeah, you're this fucking cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, why you gotta come on, man? Why you look at for the just look no. like this is high quality ass shaver thing, man. Like it's you can sleek. You it's can, waterproof, oh. Mister Sim. Oh, it's waterproof. Up. Oh yeah, mine still has the condom on it. Sweet. You can adjust the length. I probably won't be ever cutting mine that short. Maybe on the edges, but and this go. is good for people who grow like uh very more modern beards like they got the full thing all over but you keep it Ow, well groomed and it looks kicked that <laughs> and it looks kicked that kick ass there you go so again if you want to join the manscaping revolution you can do so again manscaped.com use code Tugi t-o-u-g-i-e at checkout for 20 percent off your order ah. and free shipping oh it's already fully charged when you get it too sweet yeah there you go and does <laughs> mine is blown yeah <laughs> I'm never gonna use this, unfortunately, because I can't grow fucking facial hair. But it goes—it actually goes pretty short there. It goes to 0.5. Maybe, maybe I could. Maybe ow. Maybe I could do that. Hmm. Beautiful. Don't do it. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it on stream. It's okay. There you go. <laughs> Manscaped.com, Kotugi. We thank them, and we thank, of course, all of you for listening and supporting the show. And again. That brings us to your questions. We love to kick off the show with your questions. And, uh, you know, it's it's a good amount of hockey-related questions today, which I'm, which I'm happy with. Uh, there were some other ones that were good questions, but I think too, uh, too loaded of questions to properly answer, unlike these ones. And we'll start off with Broken Wheelchair. And this is one for Mr. Sin for the win. Mm-hmm. What would you want back, particularly from Boston and Toronto, for Eric Carlson and I put out a tweet last night because the Bruins played the Sharks in Boston and Boston won that game four to nothing 
And I said, just leave Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson in Boston and save us all time. Honestly, Timo would be a tremendous fit in Boston, and I would be an instant yeah. fan. I already have a soft spot for them because of Tugi, but I would literally become – they would be my second favorite team, 100%, if they got Timo. He would fit in so stupidly well. Yeah, it's like you already have Posternock, the sleep goal scorer. You're going to get Timo Meyer, just the fucking bull who's going to so score goals too. <laughs> their lines at full health would be Marshawn, Bergeron, DeBrusque. Meyer, Krejci, Pasternak, Ugh. Hall, Coil, Zaka on the third line. That would be mean, absolutely disgusting. Like, <laughs> absolutely disgusting. The thing is, it's like, what do you have next year in the in the way of, like, extension room? I like how we've completely gone to talking about Meyer instead of just Carlson. But this is a good discussion. Like, what do you have next year in, 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 in the way of extension room? Because Meyer's probably costing eight to nine. That is the issue, is I believe Timo Meyer would be a complete, complete rental. Yeah. Um, you know, he's making $6 million this year. The only benefit is that he is an RFA, so they wouldn't totally lose him for they nothing. They could flip, yeah. Exactly, but yeah. Um, if you, know, you wanted Meyer, though, like, that's going to cost you... That's the thing about Boston. They don't have a lot of prospects, and this will get yeah, into the that's, Carlson that's a discussion. Well, not a lot of higher high quality ones, like A Fair. grade. Um Fair. like if you want to admire, like that's at least costing LaSalle and a first. I would do it. Especially with the RFA stuff. I know. Like that's a pretty good deal for you guys. That's gonna be a late first, maybe even the thirty three. Um or thirty two. Sorry. Yeah. Thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> Too sorry, many I'm doing the franchises yeah. in hockey, sir. I am. I am. I'm doing a draft to glory right now. <laughs> um but yeah, like that's that's like the for me that would be the start for them, and we'd have to peruse over your other prospects and and whatnot. But yeah, yeah especially so, with his RFA rights, like it would cost at least a first in Fabian Lasalle, and then maybe even another. Yeah. So cap yeah. wise, I mean, again, I, I mentioned it. I think on the last show, it might have been the show before that. That like Nick Foligno and Craig Smith, six point nine million dollars, very nice, coming off the books. Uh, mm -hmm. Immediately going to David Posternock though. Let's True. be honest. Like Pasta's making six point seven, and then you can have that extra six point nine go directly to him, and bam, there's this new contract, pretty much. Um, and of course, if Bergeron or Krejci comes back, it'll be dirt cheap. Those two are making a combined three point five million against the cap for this season, by the way. Crazy. Um, and uh, Jeremy Swayman's deal uh, is up at the end of the year, but he is an RFA, so they don't have a ton to worry about in terms of high value cap hits. The Bruins have Swayman. all three of their next first round picks, which is shocking given where they are. And yeah, you mentioned it. I, I would agree. You know, they don't have that truly a grade prospect, but they do have guys like John Beecher, who was a former first rounder, uh, Fabian LaSalle, Brent Harrison. Uh, Lauko is still out there at 22 years old. Defensively, um, yeah, they got nothing. <laughs> I was editing the Providence Bruins off stream. I I almost cried for how for how badly it was. At least for what's under contract, they do have someone like Mason Lore uh, in the AHL. So, uh, despite contrary you know, or contrary to popular belief, the Bruins do have assets to get a deal done. It's just a matter of how all in they go. I'm all aboard. Like this is the year. No no pussyfooting around and like oh but. We also got to think about, no, you don't have to think about tomorrow. As they say, tomorrow's not guaranteed. 
win a Stanley Cup and deal with the consequences. That's why, um, and again, I know this was more of a Sin Shark-centric question, but it involves the Bruins, obviously. Um, that's why, if you guys remember, when the Bruins lost to Chicago in 2013, in the aftermath of that, uh, they had to deal with the consequences pretty much immediately in terms of uh, the rosters and and what would happen next. The season after that, uh, they also won the President's Trophy and uh, unfortunately uh, didn't go very far, losing to the Habs in the second round. But then 2014-15, you have to deal with the consequences of being a really good team. You know, they missed the playoffs. They finished ninth in the Eastern Conference for the 2014-15 season. Uh, the year after that, they finished ninth in the Eastern Conference again. Got David Posternock in the draft. Um, and then finally returned to the playoffs. And that's when Eric Carlson kicked the shit out of them in the uh, in the first round. So I'm more than okay with the idea of a team just going for it. So, Sin, to yeah. your point, you'd be like, maybe in LaSalle, first round pick, maybe a bit more. Swayman. Yep. Do it. Do it. What, what about Swayman? Would you no. part ways with him in that deal? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, you know what? I might take for Meyer a first and Swayman. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. Yeah. Wanting Jeremy Swayman because I uh, mean, like Allmark, Allmark's under contract for two more years of $5 million. Uh, by the way, almost broke the record for goalie uh, fastest to 25 wins in a season. He missed it by one game uh, from Bruins legend Tiny Thompson, who did it. Uh, almost 100 years ago for that last Bruins team that was the one to match the pace of the modern Bruins. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's something that you have to consider. Um, and we'll move on to the actual point of the question, which was Carlson. Um, although Meyer's very, very interesting. We may have to circle back on that at some point, even well, if it's just uh... a conversation between you and I, because holy shit, that is an interesting deal really for both sides. Um, Sharks are going to need a goaltender. Uh, yeah. They've struck out so hard. We have younger guys, but there's never a guarantee. If you could lock in that number one, then those younger guys can either become solid one Bs or back, um, you know, trade assets, etc. So um, yeah, maybe not Myers good enough, but if you you know an Eric Carlson with at least some retention, it's going to be tougher given the cap for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, there's a whole three first being thrown around. Boston would be the only team that I think you could say three first and it not be egregious. Like a lot of people are saying, simply because Boston is fucking stacked. They are going to likely at least be its top four team, I would think. Um, they could have Bergeron and Krejci retire as cup champions at the end of the year and still not be in a god awful spot. Like that would be yeah. a huge hit to the team. But I don't think that automatically relegates them down to... Uh, lottery fodder. Yeah, so I, I don't think Carlson's a good fit for Boston. I don't either. Because McAvoy's on the right side. Yeah. Right? McAvoy um, and Arlo. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to turn this into a larger discussion of just Sharks trades with Boston and Toronto. We'll do more Carlson for Toronto because that's more their type of guy. Mm. Hurdle. I know he's signed, but it is, I mean, it's locked in if you wanted him. Would you want a Tomas Hurdle long term? Is that even something GM24 would want? Oh, 8.13 until, oh my God, how long is his contract? <laughs> He's a 1B type center. First it, year of avoid, an eight year deal. Avoid a retool. Go all in. You know, you have, you have you're a minute to win it. Just fucking go for it, dude. Because if Bergeron or Krejci retire and you do win the cup, 
Remember, remember, if you don't up? use your first as a GM at the trade deadline, you're a pussy. Literally everybody. <laughs> yeah, um, <that's> basically. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, if you don't use your first your first round pick, it shows that you're not buying in. You're not capable, or it shows that you don't trust your squad. That that always that always irked me for some reason. People who like they they're like, oh, you have to use your first, like, bro. But like, what if you have a really strong draft like this year? And oh, you get bounced out of the fucking first round again. Um, this is more uh, a relief scenario because your like, your attention is split. It shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't mm. be. I mean, yes, you want to build for the future, but also you need. Sometimes you just got to go all in. Yeah, it depends on where enough. your team is, right? Yeah. And and we we've kind of talked about that. And man, this conversation just keeps branching, and that's okay. We'll get back to everything. Um, you know, we we've talked about that in the past. If you are the Boston Bruins, on on pace to be the best literally they are on pace to be one of the if not like the best team of all time they could as they're on pace to do break the win record they have played 46 games they have won 37 of them it's absolutely absurd if you are a team like boston and i'm looking at the current standings if you're a team like carolina especially as we'll talk about a major injury for them you're pretty much all in if you're new jersey currently sitting in third place, I would understand not going all in. New Jersey, I think people expected them to be good. Third place in the NHL on uh, January 23rd? I don't think anyone expected that. If you're Toronto, you kind of got to be all in. Um, But yeah, if you're some of these teams like New Jersey or even Winnipeg, Seattle currently in ninth, do you want to go all in this year? No, if there's a deal that makes sense to, you know, deal some future first or whatever you do that, but they're not quite in that top category of a Boston or a Carolina. Well, Carolina, it's more so like, Jesus, can we finally get back to a cup final? They've been close for Boston. It's this is probably the last hurrah here. So different levels to that. Certainly. Yeah. Um. So the hurdle question. I just don't see how the Bruins would work at capitalize. Um, I think they, I wouldn't do it just outright because I feel like it would require them to flip a Charlie Coyle making five to five million. Maybe Charlie Coyle's return to San Jose after all this time. Um, <laughs> it would require them to, to flip someone like Charlie Coyle and, I just don't think you want to subtract to this locker room, even if it is for the betterment of this team in the future. Subtracting from a team right now is a dangerous thing to do when you're more looking for additions. And Meyer, you're okay because it's only this year. Hurdle, you got seven extra years to think about. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have Hurdle on this team. But yeah, that to me, let's say, let's say it's uh, you win the cup or anything happens. Bergeron and or Krejci bite the dust. It's the off season. Do you trade for next year's first and the rights to Jeremy Swayman for Tomas Hurdle? (laughs) (laughs) See, the first round pick, I don't give a shit about because it's like, oh, the first round pick, that could be anything. Like, it's the mystery box. But Jeremy Swayman could even be a boat. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Swayman, though, I just... I Maybe it's because he went to UMaine 
And so it's like that, that kind of like connection. Like, oh, Sweetie went from UMaine. Now he's with the Bruins. Yeah. But Olmark's um, doing so good. What? Where's Swayman? Where, where's he coming into the picture? As an I RFA. I mean, to me, if you're the Bruins, because Olmark's 29 right now, two years left on his deal. To me, you. Now, Swayman is still on his ELC, by the way. So sign him after this year to a two year bridge deal. And then if he proves to be the guy, you let Olmark walk. And you give yeah. Swayman that starting role. Like their goaltending situation is so perfect that I'm afraid to mess with it. Yeah, that because, makes sense. But that's the question, right? Like, cashing. If I could guarantee a cup, yeah, I yeah. trade Jeremy Swayman, even though I have his jersey hanging up behind me right now. But that's just such a that that's a risk for me. Like trading okay. Jeremy Swayman as opposed to a first round pick, that's just almost a bridge too far. Yeah, the Meyer deal is much more interesting because, again, you have the rights. But let's say, yeah, let's say you made that trade go through for like a first LaSalle and maybe another pick a second or something like that for Meyer. And then you have his rights. You can still trade those. Yeah, exactly. You can Mm -hmm. still trade those rights and say, you you know, in that next year, you decide to pick up hurdle in that. Like, anyway, um, there's there's a lot that can be done between the Sharks and Boston that I think is very, very interesting. And a lot that Boston needs that the Sharks have, i.e., a physical scoring winger and a pretty damn good center. Who's a probably a one B at minimum. Oh yeah. And, no, I agree. It, and will Hurdles. be for the next five years. Like <laughs> he's a, he's a first line center. Like, yeah. like I said, I love the idea of hurdle. It's just as you know, knowing how important a goalie can be. Like, I don't know. I just, I, yeah. I see that goaltending situation for the Bruins right now. And I'm just like, I for sure. God, number right, one well, center for number one goalie is tough. I guess we can move on to the second team here. And this one is, I think, the uh, yeah. what? <laughs> no, oh, sorry. Like 15 minutes into the question. I know. All right. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> well, yeah, this is going to be because Carlson is a Toronto type player. 100%. Um, as for return, you're going to pick them fucking dry because they have plenty. And if they really want Carlson, it's going to take plenty. Uh, for me, it starts with Sandine and a first. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. You know, the thing about the Leafs here and obviously Endo, I mean, it's your team. The floor will very much be yours. I already view the Leafs, though, as having their own Eric Carlson in the form of Morgan Riley with a really good offensive defenseman whose defense kind of struggles a bit. I mean, uh, Bruins Twitter, Bruins Reddit, they were dunking on the uh, notion of Eric Carlson being a Norris winner because Charlie McAvoy absolutely walked him last night. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. <sighs> but yeah, so Endo, I mean, Eric Carlson as a Leaf, how does that sound knowing, I mean, first and foremost, the cap implications? Yeah, so I don't think, I don't think I'd want him on the team. Not because like, just the way the team is. Uh, the Leafs defensive struggles have always been in terms of having offensive production. And now it's, we don't have anyone who can stay at home. I don't think adding a piece like Eric Carlson, sure, it'd be great. It'd be great to flip him over someone else, but it doesn't solve any of the issues that we have. Because we have Sandine Lundgren who can do that offensive pressure. Fucking Connor Timmons, of all people, is getting offensive production. We don't, we have very limited stay at home people. We have Jiro Donald, but he's 39 years old. Jordy Ben, he's 35. 
we need someone like who's actually going to be stay at home and be able to hold out and help out the fort with the goaltenders themselves. Because like mm. Murray and Samsonov are doing all right, but I don't know if I, I'd want to have another offensive producing guy out there. Can I interest you in a slightly used Mark Edward Vlasic? <laughs> He'll Get the stay at home. Man out of here. No. He'll stay no. at home. We'll give you Vlasic <laughs> and Reimer. And you, you give know? us one of <laughs> Samsonov or Murray. Goalies. We have like three technically NHL caliber goalies in our system. Granted. But Reimer Redemption Tour. <laughs> oh have my you God. considered the Reimer Redemption Tour? <laughs> Oh my god! I can just imagine uh, that happening. People are like, "Who the fucks are goalie?" Because you got Murray on two years. Sam Sonal is proving himself right now with the one year deal. He's up for RFA next season. He's up for RFA at the end of the year. He's playing relatively well. Though. I'm pretty sure the Leafs would want to keep him and give him maybe like two, three mil as a backup and have Murray as the starter. Just like I'm not sure what they want to do. And then they have Chalgren who's sitting in the minors. Who's probably not going to get a deal with Toronto again? It's going to go to Petrozelli and Wall because Wall has like what twelve wins in a row since coming back from injury. He hasn't lost a game and has like two shutouts. It's insane how like what his production has been like. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll keep going. Sorry. No, I was going to say like, I don't really think that uh, them doing anything is actually going to them making a move right now is actually going to do anything whatsoever. It won't be any benefit to them. I think they need to keep the quarter they have. Like maybe they go on a deadline and grab another forward, but who do they grab at the like do we grab hurdle? That just puts so much of a that, that just rocks the boat a little bit too much in my favor. I don't know if you need a forward, man. Yeah, you don't, I don't like, know if I they think... can afford a forward. Yeah, they yeah, can. that too. Sorry, so it's like we'll give you a Vlasic yeah. and we'll take uh we'll take wall off your hands. Give it, no, fuck you. <laughs> take fucking Chalgrin. All he's, right. he's dying for playing we'll take time. Take Chalgrin and Timmins for Vlasic. And fuck you! No, we're keeping Timmins. <laughs> Tim Timbits hockey man stays okay. Vlasic. There, there are certain players that are untouchable in a, in a Leaf roster. If you have played <laughs> or they been make drafted a mistake in game or, seven, <laughs> or t- played, drafted, or even touched anything that looks like a red and a Sioux Greyhound, you are on this team. <laughs> the amount of fucking Sose Marie players. An establishment and people who are on this fucking team is astounding. It is insane. I I love it at the same time. All right, classic for Wall and Hall. Oh my! <laughs> Got to get the rhyme scheme going. Come on, you can take you can. That's good. You can take you can take Vlasic for a Hall, and I'll give you like a second and a third conditional. Sorry, it's got to be Wall. I I need Wall and Hall on the same trade. Thanks. That's the Wall, brother. <laughs> All right. Well. Boys. We could, have, yeah, we could move on. We we covered that. We can watch <laughs> have the solution all fucking day. Oh, we have a solution. Here we go. Mediator. I have the solution. Mediator. Three way deal. Fuck you. As much <laughs> as I want to say, <laughs> yeah, right. As much as I want to say, uh, Michael Bunting just a dunk on the people who are calling him the second coming of Darcy Tucker because he chirps someone from the bench. Um, there is one player. Finally. Going to the San Jose Sharks, John Tavares. Oh, <laughs> we redeem. Show. No, well, his decision not. to spurn the Sharks for more money to go to Toronto, and you send him to San Jose anyway. <laughs> send him a little ranch, Doctor Phil. I don't even want. Oh him. man, <laughs> that's the wrong direction for the Sharks at this point. And then you I get mean, second point for line center David Camp. If you don't get Hurdle back in the deal, <laughs> oof. 
man. Holy shit. So, in conclusion, the Leafs, and Sin, let me know if you disagree with this. The Leafs, there is, there's, there's really not much that could be done there. Like, you would have, it would be a very technical trade uh, for a, a, really a hurdle, let alone an Eric Carlson. And what I mean by that is the cap implications would be so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, one might call it a hurdle of its own. Yeah. Uh, for the Bruins, Timo, bring him, bring him in. Bring I him would, in. I, I would be cheering for them all the way to the Cup Finals if you if you got Timo, man, straight up. Like I would watch every fucking game of the Bruins. I would love hurdle for the future, but like I said, cap wise, it doesn't work out for this season. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that in the off season again. Yeah, we will. We will, because the Bruins might be shopping for a number yeah. one, number two center. And honestly, if we are able to move Hurdle, you fucking keep Meyer. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that you don't. Yeah, you fucking keep Meyer. Eklund will so, eventually play center. I was looking at uh, Timo Meyer statistically, and I'm like, okay, I know he's good. I like what he brings. Almost a point per game. He's sick. I looked at him analytically. <laughs> I, it Wasn't might bad. have to be. It might have to be a first LaSalle and Swayman. Holy shit! No, I was gonna say it shouldn't be bad. I was like, oh, he's, he's better than incredible. I thought he was. Too. Oh, he, I already he drives. Thought he was good and I already wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What is it? Was what, what is his? Uh, I don't know. What are you looking at? The J Fresher? Yeah, the uh, the J Fresh side. Of What's things, his percentage? Oh God, let me bring it back up really quickly because I did uh, I did close the tab, but um, God. Just Timo Meyer, and again, people will put stock into whatever they want. Did you send uh, it his... somewhere, or are you just reading it off? I got it. Uh, okay. His projected WAR percentage as a first liner is ninety six percent out of a hundred. Yes, he is a legitimate bona fide number one winger in the NHL at twenty five years old. Hmm. A man can dream. A man can dream. My man. Question number two. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> From Young Burrito, do you think if Tampa Bay Lightning head coach John Cooper was on a Canadian team uh, and they lost the way that the Lightning did to the Blue Jackets in 2019, would he have been fired? Yes, 100%. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Canadian, Canadian teams sports are teams. The worst. Oh my God! You, you, you do anything that could be seen as like, oh, like, oh, you, you mess up here. Oopsie Daisy! You're a number one team, setting a fucking franchise record, and you get your ass kicked in the dick. You're gone. You're 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 fucking out. You're see ya. Goodbye. Do not pass go. Do not collect. Although Toronto may not have the way they're they've really you know pushed. Keith again and again after historical last seasons from Toronto. They may be the only one who wouldn't, but I think everyone else would, especially Vancouver. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think if there's any team and like maybe Winnipeg just because they don't seem to like change given that Kevin Sheveldayoff has been the GM there for the entirety of their time back in Winnipeg. Like, that's the only team where I'm like, yeah, maybe they could hold. Every other team feels like they'd be overly reactionary. 
Probably. Maybe not Calgary, because they'd be afraid to fire their head coach. But then again, we're talking about if, if it was John Cooper and not Daryl Sutter, who you'd be afraid would bring the pitchfork down from the farm and threaten you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. A Canadian team probably probably would have overreacted. As uh... Yeah, I'd say Winnipeg and Toronto, the only team who had a chance to not fire him. Every other team would just axe. Yeah. Our final question from one Scroopy Noopers. If you got to pick your all-time favorite shootout players, who would be Ooh. your top four? Now, that is obviously a uh, a very loaded question, but it did right lead now. me towards doing a, uh, a little bit of research, as they call it, in I, regards... I have three right now, but... <laughs> to who the top shootout players were in case you guys didn't have a go-to answer. But since oh, Sim has his answer, are you basing it off of like effectiveness or the creativity aspect? I'm intrigued. Bit of everything. Um, Pavel Datsuk. Yep. TJ Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Um, why did I just forget the other one I had? That's a good question. What? Why didn't you? Why did you? Why did you? Holy Joe shit, Pavelski. how did I just forget? That's what I figured you'd say. I Sam Gagne. Oh, sorry. UC Jokinen. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And I, oh, one more. Four. That's a weird. It's uh, a weird number because you normally don't care. <laughs> I think three is a better number. And honestly, you had a pretty good pick because in terms of career shootout goals, Oshi is fourth. Tied with Joe Pavelski with 47. Yeah, I was going to um, say Joe at some point. but Datsuk is 11th. He had 40 shootout goals, and UC Okunen had 37. But he was dirty for a very short amount of time. Like, yes. dirty. Yeah. I, I, if I get four, fucking Pavs is my next one. He'd always do that go. fucking little stop. <laughs> um, Endo, anybody come to mind for you aside from uh, who Sin named off there, or you tend to agree? Was it fucking Sam Gagne with the the spin as he picked it up from the uh, from the, the the shot? It was it was Edmonton against Detroit, and he just comes in and he just does a fucking full pirouette as he's going down the line. Just takes a wrist shot. I think it's like a wrist shot or a slap shot going through, just for the the flashiness and the dumbness of it. Um, so Connor that's McDavid, illegal obviously. Now, yeah, yeah it guess might what? be illegal now. <laughs> like my ass, um, Connor McDavid, because Connor McDavid. Honor McDave. Honor McDave. Uh, fucking amazing. Um, and I'm trying to think of who the other one. I had it in my head. Uh, yeah, Datsuk's obviously a no fucking brainer. Um, Owen Nolan. You want for the point. point. <laughs> yeah, for the point. That was not a Boom. shootout, though. That was just in the All Star game. Yeah. Still, the, the confidence. Yeah, still, still. Oh, God, yeah. Owen Nolan was confidence. So, um, by the way, any guesses? Oh, Claude Giroux, Claude Giroux, because of, because of the first, uh, because of the first game that ever won to NHL game. Is that five? Who's <laughs> <laughs> to say? Might be able to ice up five v five. I'm uh, trying. Do, do either of you know who leads the NHL all time in shootout goals since 0506? All time since 0506. Bobby, yep. is it, is it playing? Is the player currently playing? 
Currently active with 52 hmm. shootout goals. The only player to break the 50 goal mark. Huh. It's a bit of a surprising one for me, at least. Chicago. Patrick Kane? No, he is second. Jonathan Taves? Jonathan Taves? Wow. With okay. 52. How did we not uh, say Patrick Kane either way? Patrick Kane is tied for second with 49 with Franz Nielsen. <laughs> what? A sleeper pick. Not the Franz Nielsen, but yeah, uh, the top 10 all-time for shootout goals. Uh, those three, Oshi, Pavelski, Radim Verbata, sneakily <laughs> in sixth. Uh, Zach Parise, Anze Kopitar, Sidney Crosby, and Miko Koivu are the top 10 in shootout goals. In terms of percentage, and I uh, sorted it by a minimum of 12 shots in a shootout. So, you know, it's like, oh, this guy was two for two, so he's 100%. But yeah, for a minimum of 12 shots in the shootout, the all-time highest percentage right now is Trevor Zegras, who uh, has taken 16 shots in a shootout and scored on 11 of them for 68.8%. Pretty sick. And and there's only one other player above (laughs) 60%, and that is Artemi Panarin. 23 goals on 36 shots in the shootout for 63.9%. Holy hell. Um, For the record, other names that are up there based off of percentage, Andrei Svechnikov, Vyacheslav Kozlov, (laughs) quietly a shootout lord, Um, Nikita Gusev, Trevor Linden, Jeff Tambellini, Wow, Jonas Donskoy. <laughs> yes, I, I I know about Jonas because God, he was filthy. Like, yeah, he, the Sharks would sometimes not put him out there, and I would be so fucking shocked. Like, because I'm like, mm. dude, he's incredible. He only, had, like, he only had like three team. different moves, like, <laughs> <laughs> but they were all good. They were all very yeah. good. Uh, and the top ten offer percentage rounded out by Jeff Hamilton. And former devil Jacob Josephson, uh, Jeff huh. Hamilton, who I didn't even know existed. Um, oh my god, he played for the Leafs, didn't he? He did. His final career season was as a Leaf in 08 09. He played 15 games, yeah, he played for the Islanders, uh, Chicago, Carolina, and Toronto, and apparently, uh, went uh, nine of 16 in the shootout. So, not uh, bad. Congrats to, congrats to Jeff Hamilton, but yeah, there you go, some random shootout facts before the NHL. Hopefully, abolishes it sometime in the near future. Yeah, I remember after it was implemented, it, like if for a few years there, people were like getting guys on their team to just be a shootout specialist. Like they were decent players, but like they kicked ass in the shootout. And like uh, uh, for a while, like half the teams out there had a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it made sense too, right? At yeah. least in the early stages, and then eventually you're just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. We'll throw yeah. whoever out there. <laughs> fuck the shootout. Let's win five <laughs> on five instead. There you go. So, and of course, now it's changed. Like, oh, let's just get super fast players for three on three, or you just run your best. So, it all works out. <sighs> With that, we got to go on to our main topics of the day. Let's rip this band aid off. Woo! The Vancouver Canucks have officially fired Bruce Boudreaux after 23. Or not 23, excuse me, 13 months at the helm. uh, Between, of course, 2022 and 2023, as I was going to say. Um, His hiring 
nearly saved their season last year. Yet, as we talked about, they very nearly didn't bring him back after the change in GM in the offseason. There was a lot of talk over their handling of this and their treatments that has, uh, and the treatment of Bruce Boudreaux that has only caught more flack in the aftermath of a press conference uh, with team president Jim Rutherford, GM Patrick Alvan, and new head coach Rick Tockett, who we'll talk about in a minute. At this press conference, the same day Boudreaux was fired, Jim Rutherford said this. It was the speculation that drove this decision. It wasn't us. Pretty much in response to the idea that fans, media, critics in general, were being unfair to Canucks ownership. Now, at a different press conference about a week before this on January 16th, uh, this was said, quote, all I can say is that Bruce is our coach right now, Rutherford says. Rutherford also confirms he made calls to replacement candidates going back months. Quote, but with that, I'm calling and talking, but don't know that we're making a change or want to make a change. Remember, six days later, he said, it was the speculation that drove this decision. It wasn't us that were looking to make this decision. A week before that, he says he was actively for months talking to different candidates. So weird. Like blaming fans and media or trying to pass blame onto them. That's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Are Literally, you trying to get fired? Are you trying to start a riot? Like that's basically what it is. If you, I think the, the worst thing about this whole entire thing is you fail to take ownership that, hey, maybe you fucked up and you're seeing like your investors and all that in your fucking team, even though you may be an owner, it's just like are looking at this like this is a complete tire fire. People are like the word out that this team is not really organized in the fact that they have basically not only did they announce un- informally that he was fired because uh, everyone knew he was going to basically be out the door. Even Bruce knew he was going to be out the door. Not only does that happen, but then you also have the scenario where your coach basically essentially knows that for the past few months, you've been looking for someone to replace his job. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that add extra pressure on the players knowing that something's going to happen, but you don't know when, when it's literally like a, like a kettle just looking to boil and just pop. Like maybe that's the reason why this team's been playing like shit because there's been so much internal strife and turmoil. I mean, now we know why fucking, Bo Horvat basically wants out. Now we know why all these players are basically not performing the way they want to, and some people aren't being, you know, properly held accountable. It's bullshit that all these players are to be affected by one stupid bald-headed motherfucker's inactions as an owner, or too much action as an owner. Christ. If a week out, media sources are reporting that you've made the decision to fire your coach then how could it possibly be the media's fault that you then elected to keep that coach around, essentially forcing him to go out and act like, you know, everything's good. And, you know, Bruce was leaning into it in his responses. There was the the night that he, one of the nights he left, where he said to reporters, see you tomorrow, I hope. Like, the idea that you're forcing him to go out there, that is very much, rightfully so, viewed as disrespect by fans and media alike. And, you know, Rutherford mentioned too, 
Uh, quote, Bruce was under contract as to why the club didn't go out and get an interim coach, which doesn't make sense because A, you don't typically hire an interim coach when you've already been talking to coaches to replace your current coach. And an interim would have been the best case scenario. If you're moving on from Bruce, fire him, put someone like Mike Yo, who, LOL, but has experience behind an NHL bench to be the interim for a couple of nights, and then you bring in your guy. Yeah. Just so Ruth- poorly handled from top to it's bottom. Terrible. Rutherford also said this. Well, I will apologize to Bruce for this. Keep the word apologize in mind. I will will apologize to Bruce for this. In my interviews over the year, when I was asked a question, I was probably too direct and honest. So I'm going to zip it. I'm going to let Patrick and Rick talk about the team. You lied! No, where's the apology? There's no fucking apology. Here's my apology to Bruce. I was too direct and honest. I hate that. It's like, what's the worst quality in yourself? I care too much. I work too hard. Like, it's that sort of shit you say. That shit you say when you're looking for your first job. Like, not when you're a fucking manager of a fucking sports organization that brings in you millions, if not just under a billion dollars annually, technically. Like, this is this is ridiculous. It's, it's preposterous. So, in terms of the whole Jim Rutherford deal, um, it's a tough situation because he is catching a lot of flack. Good. The pushback, you know, most of the flack is a lot of people wondering if he failed upwards. The pushback is, well, look at the cups in Pittsburgh. You know, the back-to-back cups, and sorry to bring it up, but, you know, he was the GM of the team at the time, although during that tenure, there was a lot of talk over whether or not he should be fired, and then they figured it out, and that talk went away. Um, At the same time, it could be the conversation of, are you just past your due date in terms of, uh, or your expiration date even, uh, in terms of, you know, leading the way for an NHL team, like, the guy is 73 years old. And yeah, you had cup success, but are you just are you a bit too far past it at this point based off of how you're handling things right now with this team mm. that you really haven't even been in charge of for all that long? Kind of the Lou Lamorello thing where no one can take away your legacy, but um, not to disrespect, recent <laughs> GM of the Year award winner, Lou Lamorello, but you know, there are certainly questions about his approach with the Islanders over the past couple of seasons. So all I know is that, you know, that certainly the ownership with the Aquilini's not instilling confidence for Canucks fans and uh, team president, not instilling confidence in Canucks fans either. I will give credit to Canucks fans though. Great fan reaction for Bruce at his final game. Um, you know, Boudreaux mentioned there being essentially a line of players who came up to him in the locker room after his final game, what everyone knew was going to be his final game and saying, thank you. Um, you know, the guy has spent 50 years in hockey. 
Um, you know, he debuted as an NHL player in the 1976-77 season. He's been coaching professionally for longer than Endo and I have been alive. Um, when did he start? I think 92-93. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, I know. I, it was it was nearly all three of us. It was close. <laughs> A couple of um, years. And Bruce has also mentioned that he's not against coaching, still loves it, and might explore offers. And I hope he does. Which brings us to Rick Tockett. As someone described it on Reddit, <laughs> here comes the stepdad that nobody wanted. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, it's so accurate. Especially when you see the other side of him. <laughs> Of of how it's been over over with being with the NHL with TNT TNT not yeah. TNT yeah TNT God such a fucking TNT the New York Islander watch the Islander Rick Tockett so Rick Tockett gets a three year deal worth two point seven five million per. As Sin responded, in a general sense on Twitter, I wish I could work for a year or two, get fired, and be set for life, I believe was your tweet earlier. (laughs) Because odds are, that's what's going to happen, because they, uh, as an organization, are still paying Bruce Boudreaux $2 million, uh, and Travis Green is also getting $2.75 million right now to not coach the team. Yep. They replaced Boudreaux, who has a .627 career points percentage as a head coach, with Rick Tockett, who has a .475. You just have to take that trade. <laughs> the bottom line is, Canucks fans, welcome to the boys club. Sometimes it works. It's working right now in Boston. Sometimes you're Edmonton. This might uh, be worse than Edmonton. As Jim Rutherford, Rick Tockett, GM Patrick Alvan, all have ties to being on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you have transported a Penguins Boys Club out west of Vancouver. I don't know what else to say, really. You know, Canucks fans, we kind of talked about feeling sorry for them while this was going on. Now that it's happened, no one really envisions this getting better. Maybe it will. It could, but... It's not looking good. Man, it's the fact that they're paying $7.5 million, technically, for a .475 win percent, points percentage. Not even win percentage. That's points percentage. Holy shit. Jeez. But he was on the Coyotes, though. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, Stop, stop. You know, everyone likes to go and throw dirt at Arizona. They like to use them as the scapegoat. I remember when Brizgalov was on the Coyotes, Mike Smith was on the Coyotes. They had great career numbers. So not all it's not everything with Arizona is shit. Auntie yeah. Ranta as well. Auntie Ranta. Yeah. One of his seasons is, was still my favorite thing uh, to bring up in regards to the Carey Price is still number one Golar debate. Um, because people were saying like, oh, like, but the team's bad. This was the 2017-18 season. Here it is. Um, where Auntie Ranta in 47 games had a 930 
save percentage. Yep. For the Coyotes. God, who was it? It was him and someone else on the team. It was Ranta, and who else was the goalie with him? Kemper. Kemper, uh, yeah. God. <laughs> 2017-18, the Arizona Coyotes iced six goaltenders. Name wow. them. <laughs> uh, I can only name Kemper and Ranta. Correct. There's uh, four others. <laughs> in 2016-17, shit. <laughs> Mike Smith was gone by then, right? Correct. He was yeah. gone. 2016-17. Um, and for the record, the Coyotes finished uh, 29th that Aiden season. Hill. The Habs finished 28th. Aiden Hill. Good one. Oh, it was good Aiden job, Hill man. and Auntie Ranta who like led the league with like save percentage from like January to like April. And that team was just absolutely shit everywhere else. It was insane. Hmm. I can't so think was, of any others. It was 47 games for Ranta, 10 for Kemper, 4 for Aiden Hill. I think Endo got the Aiden Hill season confused. That's okay. Mm-hmm. There are three others. <laughs> and credit Damn. to anybody listening or watching this that got him. Scott Wedgwood. Ah. 20 games. Seven games of Louis Domingue. <laughs> And one appearance for Merrick Langhammer. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. I should have maybe known Louis Domingue because he came from there. But still, even then, that's those. Those were tough ones, in fairness. But yeah, Canucks fans to wrap up talks like that fan base, for the most part, is pretty pissed off. Rightfully so. I mean, this has been a disaster, but I give the fan base credit for in in a general sense, rallying around Bruce Boudreaux and certainly understanding, you know, the spot that they're in now where they certainly have an owner that they wish wasn't the owner and their headaches are not done or over with by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Bo Horvat's deal is still up at the end of the year. Andre Kuzmenko, who's been phenomenal. He'll need a new deal worth a couple million bare minimum. Um, and then there's the new JT Miller deal that kicks in next year, starting at $8 million. And I can't confirm this, but there is a lot going around in regards to people questioning how much the Rick Tockett signing was a way to appease JT Miller. And again, I'm not confirming that as facts. Because I feel like that's probably an easy narrative to run with. It's like, well, JT, everyone hates JT Miller right now. So they brought in a coach to appeal to JT Miller. I don't know, right? I don't know. Maybe it is true, though. And maybe at the very least, even if that's not true, and the reason why I wanted to bring it up was that people can buy into that being authentic because of a, just the mess that that organization is right now. And that's yeah. the problem. Even if there's no truth in that rumor whatsoever, it's the idea that it could be true and people can buy it because it's the Canucks that's the problem. So I I don't know, Canucks fans. I am I am sorry. I don't you know. Why would he like Tockett? Hmm? Or did he just not like Boudreaux? Like how how would that appease Miller? Does he not did I he guess just that not was like the Boudreaux? idea of like what if he was someone who didn't get along with Bruce or something. Hmm. Okay. Like I said, I've I've only seen it mentioned in passing, not like an official report. Because like I don't know if he had any history with Talkit. Like that's, I don't think so. Yeah. But. So okay, it's just about he didn't like Bruce. Okay, gotcha. Potentially. So, 
Canucks fans, uh, goddamn. Sorry, Our Adrian. next uh, bigger section has to do with injuries. Because holy hell, speaking of goddamn, I guess. Carolina's Max Pacioretty just tore the same Achilles tendon he had surgery on five months ago. Uh, just two weeks after returning. Obviously is confirmed out for the rest of the year. And who knows? I mean, it could potentially be longer. I don't think that's... You know, it's, I don't know if morbid's the right word, but I hate to speculate on a guy's career. It's just more so right now the empathy towards him. Of here's a mate, here's I mean a phenomenal goddamn player when he is healthy, suffering yep. two devastating injuries, the same devastating injury back to back. Yeah, like yes, it is inherently going to be difficult for him to return from that. Um, that said, you know I kind of mentioned Carolina in that vein of like they might be someone to go for it. I mean that does move Patch already seven million dollar contract uh, over to LTIR. So they will have that money to play with. Uh, and of course, his deal's up at the end of the year as well. So um, hoping for the best for one Max Patcher ready. Hoping for the best for Montreal. After losing Slavkovsky for the next three months, Cole Caulfield is now going to be out for the rest of the season after a shoulder surgery was decided on as the best option. He has apparently not been playing at 100% all season long, which is fucking hilarious um as again he had 26 goals 36 points in 46 games not bad but definitely not an all-star sorry Habs fans but stop (laughs) (laughs) and then Ottawa Josh Norris re-injures his shoulder three games into his return from that shoulder injury he will be out for the season yay more injuries Love this. It's fucking great. It's God. his injury that has a lot of people questioning whether or not players are being rushed back. Um, yeah. What, well, whether it be due to the rehab before surgery approach, which was always a thing, but has been made even more popular after Connor McDavid put off having surgery and elected to rehab. And holy hell, that worked out for him tremendously. It's also Connor uh, McJesus. He's not human. Yeah. You know, so the questions are there. Are players being rushed back? What's going on with the medical staff? And then, I mean, there's the fact that we know professional sports has the culture of using painkillers. I mean, certainly that was uh, for those who watch the uh, NFL playoff games. This weekend, uh, Patrick Mahomes going to the back for the Chiefs and the commentators like, boy, we just, oh, we don't really know what happened with Mahomes back there. You know what the fuck happened with Mahomes back there because we all know. And Rick Westhead put out an article today, um, quote, more than two years after our feature, the problem of pain highlighted the widespread use of Toradol in painkillers in the NHL. You might remember watching that. Ryan Kessler was in that. Oh uh, my god! I have a funny story about that. Can I just, I can I just talk about this oh, real quick? That's pretty serious stuff. No, 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 so no. no it, it, it's funny. The, it's funny. The in the, it's funny in the retrospective. That happened when I was working with with you know someone that put this out. This they they announced that in the morning and they put it out and they advertised it and then the NHL put out a thing about like heavy hits and fights that same day, <laughs> and it was like read the room. Mm. 
It was it was crazy. Okay, carry on. It's a very NHL thing to do. In fairness. Yeah. Yes. Um. So two years after they ran that feature, a source tells Rick Westhead of six players on one team this season who have been receiving multiple Toradol injections each week to be able to play. That's insane. Yeah. Who? It's, it's tough because you don't want to say it's the nature of pro sports because it shouldn't be, but it is the nature of pro sports. You know, it has people debating the usefulness of an increase to squad size. Load management has been a topic that's come up, particularly with the Bruins, yeah. not because Bergeron's hurt that we know of, uh, but just because, you know, hey, what he has gone through in the past. Um, the problem is I don't think teams would bite in terms Players of probably wouldn't either. Right. In terms of increasing squad size or load management. I don't think the players would bite. There's too much parity in this league compared to the NBA where those teams get away with it. The yeah. NHL is too closely competitive for most teams to view it as worth the risk of sitting out a star player if he is technically good to go. And again, that is why people are wondering, like Josh Norris, did he get hurt? Because the Sens are like, fuck we're not quite where we want to be we really need you back you're technically good enough to play let's go like is that what happened and again maybe it isn't but it's the idea that it's believable that that scenario happened that has people asking uh, these particular questions so you know like i said parody wise the leagues just aren't they're just not the same and i i tend to agree with you there sin like i just don't think teams would go for it at all i don't think players would go for it at all either it's not the quote-unquote culture of the league yeah kind of going back to just how widespread it is uh in all sports but you mentioned the mahomes thing and like oh i wonder what he's doing back there like the most clear it's ever been is there's a green bay game i forget who it was against and it was at least three maybe four seasons ago rogers like injured his knee in the game came back and and led the team to a win and in during the post game interview was fucking high as a kite on painkillers very clearly high as a kite and you could tell he's like trying to hold it together he's like got smiling like his eyes are glossy pupils dilated and it's a funny interview but at the same time it's like holy shit like <laughs> yeah that is the culture of sports like yeah, and painkillers are unfortunately a large part of that culture. You know, I had to look at the NBA and the NHL standings. Uh, the NHL currently has nine teams out of 32 under 500 on the season. And I'm counting the NBA side of things. I believe it's 14 of 30. It's a pretty large number currently under 500 that's half of the fucking league that's half of the league just about under 500 so no shit you know some of these teams especially towards the latter half of the season are able to say eh take the night off that way you don't need to get this fucking injection next week I'm sure it still happens in the NBA too but yeah I, I don't know I don't know, right? Obviously, it's just it's a very uh, layered conversation to have, but it is a shame that, you know, yeah, there have been some major, major injuries as of late in the NHL. 
Last thing to talk about, though, as mentioned, Connor Bedard watch. Uh, Bob McKenzie released his midseason prospect rankings, and unsurprisingly, Connor Bedard continues to be the unanimous number one. Um, and thankfully, this year, too, boys, we are avoiding the Taylor versus Tyler. Is it no? Is it Nolan Patrick? Oh, wait, no. Mm-hmm. Here comes Nico Heischer, which turned out to be right. We are avoiding uh, Lafreniere or Capocacco. Um, or no, it wasn't granted. They weren't in the same draft, but you get what I mean? He was a Capocacco. Um, we're avoiding that entire conversation about a, a player somehow entering the conversation uh, to maybe take the number one spot away from Connor Bedard, which I got to be honest, is very nice. I'm kind of tired of, of that. You know, you have your unanimous number one until the very end, which I mean, shit, it happened this year too. Uh, with Slavkovsky going number one instead of Shane Wright. So uh, it's nice to avoid it and have a change of pace. And honestly, Shane Wright's looking way better. <laughs> yeah, he's he's had a better time as of late, hasn't he? And that goes back into that whole conversation about rushing these number one guys because of yeah. the expectation. Yep. I just mentioned points percentage, though, and those nine teams that are under 500. As of today... Against January 23rd, Columbus right now is the worst team in the NHL. Uh, should note, by the way, though, they are still selling out games. So credit to that really hardcore fan base, because yeah. this has been, again, just a brutal season for them. Um, again, you get good row and everything should be looking up and injuries. It's just it's been a nightmare for them. Yeah. What the fuck else is there to do in Ohio, though? Let's be real. Yeah. Dude, there was one of those comparison pictures like. Johnny Goodrow has been in Columbus for six months and it goes from him at the press conference of him sign you know, of him being signed to like yesterday. Oh my God. It, it, uh, it looks like it. it looks like the picture. Did you ever see the picture of Obama year one versus year yeah. eight of his presidency? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. Oh, man. Um, oh my God. God damn. Hold on. I'm trying to find the. Um the side-by-side here really quickly because it is a pretty um, absurd picture. Um, here we go. I'll uh, send it in our little chat here. Um, now, again, likely just lighting and stuff like that, but the optics of it because of how much people choose to dunk on Ohio, you know. Oh, my pretty, God. Pretty rough. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, no, that that's a hundred. Someone might have even edited that, like that. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. My favorite. Oh, the reaction that happened. This is the a clip underneath. Someone put my reaction to this, and it's Mike Tyson smiling and then getting really, really angry. (laughs) So Columbus is in dead last. Anaheim thirty first. Then you got Chicago, Arizona, San Jose, Vancouver, Montreal, Ottawa. And Philadelphia. Before, you know, before this podcast, really, it wasn't all that long ago. It's like, well, maybe Ottawa will still kind of go for it. With Josh Norris being out now, yeah, they're, they're going to be looking at, like, well, the lottery would be nice. Vancouver, yeah. after firing Bruce Boudreaux, if they weren't already, they are very much in full lottery mode. Montreal, without Cole Caulfield, they are in full lottery mode. As much as I talked about the parody in the NHL, this is going to be the tank of all tanks. Yeah. Just in terms of how many teams. Again, we talked about it. The Connor McDavid-Jack Eichel draft 
it was like two or three teams who were really trying to blow it. We're talking almost about a double digit amount of teams that are very much hoping to get as high a lottery odds as they possibly can. Yep. In terms of where Bedard can go, part of me hopes for Columbus because it is such a good fan base. It is. Anaheim. I mean... They're so stacked. Or at least with young talent. <laughs> imagine Bedard, Zegris, McTavish as you said. I don't want God. to. They're in my it's division. Michigan's too, all game. Michigan's all game. Fucking Dishigans, Bitchigans, Shawinigans, just fucking all of all the whole Chinook. All the Gins. Yeah. Fucking uh, what's his name? Who's the who's the bitch coach everyone hates again? Tortorella, right. Um <laughs> He's going to have a fucking pissy fit when he has to go play fucking Anaheim. I swear to God. He already does. He's going to call He's gonna call up all his fucking bruisers who are playing in Lee Valley right now. Sign fucking... Uh, <laughs> sign John Scott to a one-day contract and just bring it back. Oh, man. I had, a, I had another choice I was going to say there, but I'm going to refuse to say that. Fair enough. Chicago. Sorry, don't want to see it. No, nah, fuck you. Suck a fat one. Arizona would be splendid. Oh, the salt. I've said it before. The smell of the air in the United States would change from the winds pushing the salt smell down from Canada. If Connor yeah. Bedard went to Arizona, you could smell it in Arizona. Be glorious. San Jose. I'm rooting for you, Sam. Me too. You know it. We are trying to manifest this as best we can. Vancouver. Mm. Fuck off. No one wants to see you be successful after this. No one wants to see it. It's a shame. Yeah, I think your your pick's going to end up pulling a, a Lindros and not play for your fucking franchise in the mana trade. I would too. I'm, I mean, people have joked about, yeah, like the idea of like have teams or have, you know, has this team kind of screwed themselves in terms of like free agency and them being viewed as a destination where players want to go? Could be the case. Uh, Montreal. God, it would suck. But him that next to Caulfield, they, holy they shit. They wouldn't shut up about that. They would not shut up about that yeah, entirely. Their fans would be insufferable, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like first, yeah. like oh, we got shit right. Uh, we we grab right at the draft. Oh, who the fuck is Savkowski? Oh, he's better than Jen White. White played not NHL. Uh, soccer, and, and yeah, and all that shit. I know our five Quebecois viewers are gonna hate me for that and say that my accent is offensive. Uh, but uh, you know, get good. Get Ottawa, good. pure indifference as to whether or not he goes there. Really. Not rooting for it, not against it. And then Philadelphia. No. Maybe another team that has torched no. some goodwill lately, huh? I do not want him to be coached by John fucking Tortorella. <sighs> for a variety of reasons. <laughs> yes. All aboard the Connor Bedard to San Jose bandwagon. Solemn Zan. I hope so. It would be it would be nice. I would love to manifest that into existence, and I hope it happens. But I'm also not going to get my hopes too high because it's a, it's a crapshoot at the end of the day. And the Sharks have a lot of work to do regardless. 
Have to have man, oh man, house. would that be putting them on the right track? <laughs> there you go. Ugh. Bedard, Eklund. <sighs> Jeremy Bordel- Swayman. <laughs> Bordalo. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Swayman. Ah, <laughs> oh, but fucking Bedard, Eklund, Bordalo. Maybe keep Meyer if you're able to trade Carlson or Hurdle. Who's to say? With that, everybody, we will bring this podcast to a close. We thank you very much, of course, for listening, watching, supporting the show. Again, our friends at Manscaped.com, the new Beard Hedger Pro. Make sure to check that out. Code Tuki, T-O-U-G-I-E, 20% off free shipping. You know the deal. With that, Endo Mills, what do you got going on this week? Yeah, um, I have a sponsored stream coming up. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing it today after we get, after we finish recording this. Or it's going to be tomorrow on Tuesday because I have to do Sports Gamer and I think Sports Gamer on Wednesday. I think Thursday, that's the latest. That's the last day I have to actually get this going. I'm going to have a Raid Shadow Legends sponsored stream. Uh, I'm going to be playing some Raid on stream and having fun with that. And uh, yeah, come by. Drop the link if you have not played or if you are looking to get into Raid. Uh, you know, join the link, click the link. Uh, get to level 12 and it helps me out a lot. Get to level 25 and you could receive some free merch from moi from my merch store at endomills.ca. That's right. I really want to hit that goal because if I hit that goal, it opens up other opportunities for me. So, you know, yeah, it also pays my bills, which is pretty sweet. Not going to lie. Yeah, so that's what I got going on for the next couple of days. Help the boy out, everybody. Sin, what do you got going on aside from the uh, previously mentioned uh, 33rd franchise mode? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's my main thing I got going on besides, obviously, all the sports gamer stuff. But, yeah, come on over. We just uh, we got a franchise player of our own just very recently and his rookie season was, oh, my God, filthy on a team with like a top six that contained a 71 and also an 80 overall is the two worst players. Then an entire bottom six of 60s. Oh, I love playing Draft the Glory. It's a ton of fun. But yeah, come check out that series because it's it's been great so far. And of course, I am everywhere at Tuki24 trying to keep up to date with the YouTube side while we continue roster editing on Twitch. Recently, uh, uh, recently continued on through the NHL. And um, it's, it's interesting. I'm actually really happy with how the rosters are going to turn out this year. There is going to be that continued kind of separation between average NHLer and a superstar caliber talent. Imagine that not having random 72 overall AHLers having the same shot power as Joe Pavelski. Imagine, <laughs> imagine not having a random AHL level defenseman for some reason, having 98 wrist shot accuracy. Oh dude. I just had a 58 overall goaltender. Be back up for the Tampa Bay Lightning, play 24 games, and he had a 925 save percentage. Is that I'm Scott Wedgwood playing kidding. for the first time they were the cop? Jesus. It That's basically insane. Scott Wedgwood. Like, I was like, what what is the point of overalls? What's the point of ratings if goalies just do that? Like they're the keep your pants up. That I can't fix. I yeah. wish I could, but I can't. With that, everyone, we'll see you later on this week for more EA NHL-related depression. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And goodbye.